What if you really can have it all? No, really. What if everything you think you desire is only a starting point for the life you are truly capable of creating? On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, we will explore topics from magic to practical step-by-step -step processes and everything in between. There's no place we won't go, nothing too ridiculous or weird, in the quest to live life as grand as possible. Hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer are the embodiment of Opposites Attract. Collectively, they're the summation of Megan's big vision coupled with Suzanne's knack of her details. Partnered in love and in business for the last five years, they're taking co-creation to a whole new level. Join Megan and Suzanne for Love, Life, and All Things Weird, where we will talk about living a life that's inspired, overflowing, and completely awesome. Woohoo! Welcome to Love, Life, and All Things Weird on A to Zen FM. I am your host, Megan Silito. And my beautiful partner in the other room, Suzanne Stoffer. Hi, baby. Good morning. Mm -hmm. You have such a good radio voice, by the way. Ooh. It's so sexy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Thanks. You know, you know what I think is funny is that what? you know how like because it's, our crew oftentimes comes like five or ten minutes after or whatever. Uh -huh. There's like ten people waiting for this show today. I know. I think we Torrid in the in our copy in every single copy. I know, of every right? Single radio show. <laughs> I love I it. They're I love lining it. up. They're lining up in the chat room, and and everybody can come to the chat room. It's really fun back here. So go to a to zen a to zen dot fm, and there's like a red chat button, and you click there, and you come back into the back with us and our producers. And there's a whole other show that happens in the back room. It's really fun back here. So you might want to check it out. And we are always we always love new people to come in. We're a very welcoming group. Mm -hmm. Right? We're crazy. But yeah. we're welcoming. You yeah. never know what's gonna happen in the chat room. I mean, all <laughs> kinds of edgy conversations are going on inside the show that are sometimes we bring to the outside of the show, but not always. Uh -huh. so if you want to know about all the torridness happening, you want to come on the inside. <laughs> so I really am excited about this topic today. I have been wanting to talk about relationship and wanting to teach about relationship for about, I don't know, three years, right, Megan? Uh-huh. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> what do you Megan want to say has, about that, huh? Megan has been just a tiny bit resistant. Uh -huh. um, to teaching about relationship, and it has something to do with a whole thing that went down that we won't talk about in this moment, um, but I'm very excited that she is now on board, and what I love about this for both of us is that um, normally when we co-teach, there's some energy that comes up that um, we generally have to clear that makes it a little bit challenging to co-teach. But with this series, it's been just all kinds of love and light and energy and passion. And we're like, uh, we're at a whole new level of, of sexy with each other, I think. Mm -hmm. So. Sure. And I, I just want to speak to, I mean, I'm the, the thing about it is, is that I had a, uh, a kind of, in a torrid flame of fire burned up a 13 year relationship and in a very public manner. 
<laughs> and I think that what what was true for me is that I wanted to I had a bunch of stuff to work through. I had some shame implants that were have been driving me for about 27 lifetimes and uh but then there was like that I realized that what I had learned about relationship was there was a lot of really good stuff about it but there had been some lies attached to it and so actually I really believe it's through in part the tools and access consciousness and really like clearing out some of my old definitions and some of my old ideas about what relationship was that really opened the space for what you and I are creating right now which is why I'm like okay now because I feel like I have the kind of relationship now that I know I've always known I was capable of creating or that was available right but I felt like I I didn't want to teach it until I'd experienced it until I would I had really created it for myself so Mm -hmm. that's where I want to share from today is what I've created and what I some of the lies that I had to undo to open a space for something totally actually it's kind of beyond what I thought was possible in a way yeah I and that's really true for me I've I have never been able to create relationship that was so creative, um, so alive, so um, loving and supportive um, until this relationship. And, you know, and it's not to say, I mean, we went through about two years of what I would call hell, honestly, like where we were really fighting, um, you know, sometimes every two or three days, like big, big, big fights, like taking space for two days types of fights, you know. So it's not as if this was always um, this amazing, awesome um, thing. We had a lot of shit to work through and a lot of our own um, history and woundedness to work through. And, and so I'm super proud of us for sticking to it and for really just uh, continually taking accountability for our own, uh, what we were creating and and really reaching for more and being brave enough to not let go of of this. And, you know, so I just love that about us so much. And I think there's a lot for us to teach in kind of having gone through the fire, through the, um, the craziness and coming out on the other end. Um, and today we're really talking about um, how to create that juice in your relationship, especially if you've been with your partner for a long time. You know, it's it's interesting, I think, because at the beginning of relationship, there's this, you know, awesome, like, um, infatuation stage that's just so, like, um, alive and so sexy and so um, juicy. And then, you know, what happens, right? Like, tell me again, Megan, like what are, like we were just talking about this as far as the stages of relationship based on um, Gay and Katie Hendricks' work and there's the infatuation stage and then you said the second phase was called the inevitable? (laughs) Yes. Um, uh, So, yeah, so how how it goes is that when we first kind of, fall in love with somebody or or actually like you know get infatuated with somebody right it's like there's this 
um, expansion that happens. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. I'll just talk about the stages and then we'll go back and talk a little bit about what the stages actually are. Mm-hmm. So it's that's the phase where it's like, oh my God, they're so amazing. And you think about them all the time and you want to go like play with them and have sex with them. And you're having sex like four times a day and there's this intensity and it's so cool and like, woo. And like everything they do is magic. Everything they do is magic. And then phase two, the inevitable. <laughs> the inevitable is um, your shit comes up, right? It's like all of a sudden all those things that were so cute are like, oh, my God, if you leave the toilet seat up, down, up one more time, I don't even know if it's up or down. That's so funny. Uh, whatever it is, right? It's like it doesn't matter. Like, I've got to kill you. That little thing you that I used to think was so cute about you singing in the shower. Yeah, I bought you a muzzle. Like, there's like this, there's this place where because of the expansion, um, there's this thing that occurs where all of our old definitions of who we are and what love is actually come up and and they come up to clear actually they come up to show us like hey you've got this limitation but what do we do we don't do that we tend to point our finger and go hey you know what I was doing really good before you showed up you know like there was this great movie um I think it was called I can't remember it right now it's with um uh, Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn, and it was uh, where she didn't. She was kind of transient. She met him in a bar and found out that he had made this house for his fiance to propose, and she freaked out. And so this house has been sitting with nobody in it, with this big bow around it. So she and it's in another town. So she goes and squats in that house and pretends to be his fiance. And like, so she's like, she's making relationships with his entire family and she's like getting to know the grocers and everything else. Well, he actually comes home, finds her in this house and they, there's a whole like fight thing ensues, which is really funny because it's like phase two happened before phase one happened. And there's this beautiful scene where she's like, this marriage was doing just fine until you showed up. (laughs) (laughs) I freaking love that because that's what we do, right? It's like, hey, I was doing great. I love my life. And then you're here you are, right? And and what is that actually? And what that does is it it puts us to a choice point. And we're either going to choose to do what we've always done, which mm-hmm. is to define, judge, justify, and wall ourselves up. Or mm-hmm. we choose to go, hey, this is familiar. This is kind of what I always do. And the problem is, is that if you're in your 20s, you don't get yet that you're going to actually be with the same person until you actually, in different faces, until you actually get what's going on for you, right? Yeah, that took me about uh, two marriages and two uh, engagements (laughs) before, before I realized that I was just hanging out with the same person with different faces even though they looked really really different right and I thought for sure they were going to be so different this time and then I'm in the relationship and the same issues the same patterns the same fights kept coming up so yeah I it took me a really long time really into my 30s actually before I realized I had been picking the same 
person with the same stuff over and over and over. <laughs> I was a you slow can... learner. I was totally a slow learner. Mm-hmm. Well, I was especially <laughs> slow. Um, our producer said it, the name of the movie is The Out-of-Towners. I don't think I've ever seen that. Oh, it's beautiful. It yeah. is so funny. Yeah. So, but because it, it really like displays a lot of the unconsciousness that we have around relationship and, you know, the games we play and all of that sort of stuff. But mm-hmm. I'll I'll finish the stages here. Um, it, at the point when you're kind of in that, oh, they're annoying me place, you then have a choice. You can go down the unconscious path, which is to continue to make it about them and continue to make, I don't know, relationship bad and wrong or whatever you do, right? Um, Which actually leads to the next phase, which is you numb out and or like spiritual or physical divorce. Eventually, it leads to a disconnect. It's kind of like the couples, you know, that live in different parts of the house or they Mm -hmm. live in different countries, (laughs) They're like no longer together, uh, but pretending they are or literally they have a divorce. So the other choice point at that point would be the conscious choice, which is to say, huh, what does this have to do with me? And what limitations am I have I put on myself? What definitions have I put on myself? What is it going to take for me to actually really choose back into the expanded me that the honeymoon actually brought forward for me? And when we do that, when we really clearly, cleanly make that choice, what occurs is we begin to unhook these things that have kind of kept us trapped forever and ever and ever. And we can return to the honeymoon phase over and over and over again. But there's a deepening that occurs because the the love is growing and there's a depth and it's maybe it doesn't have all of the adrenaline of the honeymoon phase, but they're really you can return to that big, expanded, torrid, fun, crazy um, energy over and over and over again. Yes. And I and I actually never believed this until Megan. I really didn't. I believed that the infatuation stage was at the beginning and there was and it was never possible to actually recreate it. That's truly what I believed for many, many years. And Megan would talk to me about like you know, what was possible in our relationship, like that it was possible to not fight, that it was possible to recreate the honeymoon. And I would tell uh, I would tell her she was nuts, she was crazy, and that there's just no way. And so I'm glad to say that I was totally wrong about that because I, especially I would say in the last year, um, that we have that there is a depth and an excitement and an energy and a passion that um, that we recreate all the time. And so, yes, today we're going to talk about how we do that um, and how we have, how we keep really, like there are days and weeks where both of us are so madly in love with each other, it's probably really like... Um, Annoying annoying to some people um maybe i mean my kids are funny they'll like roll their eyes at me right they'll be like kind of like get a room guys really right (laughs) 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 um but it's so fun and it's like a whole new level of relationship and for me the first step was um believing that it was possible 
like really um, believing in what she was saying that that even though I'd never seen it before, it was never modeled in my life. I had never seen a long-term couple have that kind of creative and sexual and passionate energy and love, deep love for each other. I'd never seen it. And so I, it was really trusting that it was possible. That was the first step for me. Well, and yeah, the the, the number one thing, you guys, is you got to give it a possibility. And that there was a, a we were at a training in LA and they were kind of talking about somebody was talking about relationship or whatever and I just grabbed her and I was like, Would you just give it a possibility? Would you mm-hmm. just give it a possibility that fighting does not have to be part of our relationship? Would you just give it a possibility that this could be like that energy could be replaced with something way greater and way beyond? And she looked at me and she scrunched up her face and, you know, <laughs> but you're like, okay, I'm only going to, I give it like a 2% possibility. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, 2%, I'll take it. I'll run up. I could put a wedge in that shit, man. If you open the door 2%, I'm wedging it. I'm in there. Don't you worry about it. Right. And it took us a little bit to figure it out. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's not that it's figured out. We just kept making new choices. We just kept leaning in. And and I actually at one point, like, I feel like we created it to be so horribly, horrifically bad in our conflict cycle that we were willing to do whatever it took. That was the second step. One is give it a possibility and then it's that, that place where it's like, okay, whatever it takes, I'm having this. Mm-hmm. I'm creating this. I'm going to do something different. And if that means I lose the relationship, then that's what that means. But I'm not doing this anymore. See, well, for most people, they put such a value on relationship and having it. And our society is like, does not favor single people so much. And so we think we have to be in relationship. So it's not actually a choice. So what we're doing is we're putting up with things that actually are truly just a choice. And and it, when we realize that relationship is a choice and we're willing to lose it all, then mm-hmm. there is that place where you gain it all, right? Mm-hmm. And if both of you choose that. And I think, I mean, something that I wanted to say, and I, I'm going to back up a little bit, but in the honeymoon phase, one of the reasons why it's so freaking brilliant is you actually go beyond the definitions of self. Mm-hmm. Because there's this big energy that comes in. There's this expanded beingness that occurs often in that honeymoon phase that's really beyond what we've been allowing through. Now, there's a little problem where we make it about the other person, mm-hmm. but really what's happened is that person has sparked a beingness in us that is beyond our old definitions. Have you ever noticed that during that phase, you also find yourself doing things you don't normally do? Like you'll try new things. You're like, oh, well, this isn't me at all. You know, like like <laughs> Suzanne, who goes to bed at like, not, was going to bed at 9.30 sharp every night, waking up at 7 a.m. was up till three in the morning. I have a, a pet name for when she's up that late. I call her 3 a.m. Suzanne. She's quite delightful. She's like a whole other reality at 3 a.m. It's fantastic. But it's like you you actually go beyond definition in the honeymoon phase. And that's what actually creates that expansion. 
-hmm. is because through that spark of your being, you go beyond definition and then you do things you don't normally do and you do things different and you choose things different. And, oh, isn't that, isn't that, isn't that love, isn't that lovely? Find a way to control and determine now what the patterns of the relationship are going to be. And so you redefine yourself again within the construct of that relationship and then you kill it dead. Okay, so that I'm just going to leave people with that thought as we go to break. <laughs> Don't kill it dead. We're going to talk about how to unkill it in a minute. Most people live in the land of either or. It's a scary and meager place where one can have either a happy relationship or a successful career. Where we can have either lots of time and no money or lots of money and no time to spend it. On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer bring you inspiration, awesome tools for transformation, and full permission to claim your most ridiculous life. Together, they are the embodiment of opposites attract, and the result is true synergistic power. Finding yourself roadside in either or, Megan and Suzanne are here to reintroduce you to one very powerful three-letter word. And. Simple? Yes. Effective? Absolutely. Welcome to the land of and. Listen to Love, Life, and All Things Weird every Wednesday at 12 p.m. noon Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific on A2Zen.fm. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? Love, Life, and All Things Weird with hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer. Are you scratching your head a bit? Let's chat. Call into the program today and let's find some answers. If you're in the U.S., call 815-880-8255. In Canada, call 613-800-8736 or Skype us at a2zen.fm. You can also send questions or comments by sending an email to Suzanne P. Stoffer at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everybody, to Love Life and All Things Weird. I'm Suzanne, and we have Megan here. And before break, we were talking about the infatuation stage 
and then the inevitable happens. And how do you get back to the infatuation stage? And we were talking about how in the infatuation stage, we actually show up differently. We are creative. We are daring. We start doing things that we normally haven't done. And it actually creates this aliveness in our world that we actually think is because of the other person, um, but maybe it's not. And maybe part of the key that we're talking about um, to really creating that infatuation stage is claiming that aliveness in you and really being in a place and in a question of, of showing up differently and trying new things and uh, really being in that creation energy. So one of the things that occurs um, because we prescribe or subscribe to the idea that it's that person that gave us that love, it's that person that brought this about, then we begin to start noticing when the person is displeased with something and we start cutting portions of ourselves out. Oh, I won't be that. I won't do that so that I can keep getting this love, not realizing that actually you generated that big love. It was your being that gave you that experience. And that person was a catalyst for it, but that person is not the source for it, right? And so one of the biggest things is you've got to be willing to be all of you, claim all of you to not change any of you to fit into the box called relationship. Now, that's kind of a, a, that's also kind of an interesting thing because mostly what you've defined as you is also a limitation and definition that you took on from your parents, that you took on from society. So there's a way that it's like being us is like being willing to, um, I, I think one of the things for me is when I look at my desires, and I look at what those desires are going to require, I know that that's leading me in the direction of my true self because I think to myself, who do I need to be to live that life? Oh, Mm -hmm. I need to be free and playful and, you know, all these things. And it's like, okay, that's pointing me the direction of who I am. When you say things like, I don't dance, that's not who I am. (laughs) That's not you being authentic. That's you being a limitation. Right. Uh That's not what we're talking about when we say be you within the relationship. So the work is about undefining you, undefining the relationship, undefining who you are in the relationship, because all of that is what then constricts, confines and takes the relationship from that big, beautiful love space into a little pee hole. You know, like a little tiny box. I don't know. I didn't want to say kill it dead again. So pee hole is what came forward. Oh, dear. Oh, oh my dear, God. Oh we really need, I don't know, maybe we could ask our producers if we could get an eight-second delay for me so that these things don't come out live. <laughs> so let's, oh, let's do some clearings, darling. Can we okay. do some clearing work? <laughs> yes. Okay. So, okay, let's start with you. Okay, so everything that you think is you, 
that is simply a definition um, and a conclusion that, and you think it's authentic, can we uncreate and destroy that, please? Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, pot and pock, all nine boys, shorts, and man. I want to say that a little bit more cleanly. Everything you've defined as you that isn't you, will you uncreate and destroy that, please? Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, pot and pock, all nine boys, shorts, and beyond. And all of your definitions of relationship, everything you've defined as relationship, everywhere everywhere you've made relationship a necessity, can you uncreate and destroy that, please? Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, pot and pock, all nine boys, shorts, and beyond. And everywhere you define all the definitions you have of relationship, can we uncreate and destroy that, please? Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, pot and pock, all nine boys, shorts, and beyond. And everything, every, all the ways you're defining you in the context of relationship, can we uncreate and destroy that, please? <laughs> yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, pot of pock, all nine boys, shorts, and beyond. You said you wanted a buttload of clearings. There's just a lot of definition going on here. <laughs> there really is. And that's what kills it. Yes, yes. And everywhere that you have bought the lie of that the infatuation happens at the beginning and that there's no way to actually create that for the long term, can we uncreate and destroy all that? Mm-hmm. Right and wrong, good yeah, and every, bad, online, shorts, boys, and beyond. Everywhere you have, what well, okay, so here's kind of an interesting juxtaposition, right? It's like we're told that that's fantasy, that that only belongs in the movies. But then at the same time, in the movies, we're shown a fantasy of relationship that isn't real as well. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we have been told that certain things that are possible are fantasy, and then we've bought the idea that a fantasy should be reality. Right. So, so everywhere every, you've aligned and agreed with that or reject and refuse that, right? Can we uncreate and destroy mm -hmm. all that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right and wrong, good and bad, pun and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. Because that's the thing that I think that's really true for us is that we we're we're constantly in creation and we're constantly like asking what else is possible and and I think that actually just takes us so much out of definition. Like, I have no idea, you know, who you are on any given day. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, darling. <laughs> it's it's so it's so funny. Like, I love and and Megan has this awesome tool that um, I don't even think you started it as a tool, but you would just after a day you would come home and you'd be like, okay, so what's new about you that I get to know about? Um, mm -hmm. And then I'd like sit there and go, huh, what is new about me that I want to tell you about? And it, and it brings up so much awesomeness in our relationship and so much newness in our relationship because um, we're constantly changing. If you're trying to stay the same, then... I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not going to work. <laughs> so, and when when your when your baseline is that you are going to be constantly growing and creating and finding new things and exploring and experiencing, then not only are you new every day, but 
your relationship is new every day. Well, and our survival brain, guys, and also like society has told us that we want a relationship that's predictable. We, because that's what, that predictability equals trust, okay? For safety. So everywhere you bought that freaking lie, can we uncreate mm-hmm. destroy it, please? Right, mm-hmm. wrong, good, bad, pot, and pock, all nine boys, shorts, and beyond. So couples get in these routines, right? It's like, okay, I expect that you're going to leave with your lunchbox at 9 a.m. and you're going to come back at 5 and then we're going to read the paper and then whatever your particular thing is. And then we go, okay, that means that I can package this love and I'm going to be really, really safe in it. But actually, it kills it. Because it's like, and I mean, you, we've all seen the couples at the restaurant, right? Where they're like, they're not talking. They're looking at a newspaper or something else. And it's like, wow, they it's so clear to me that they have decided who the other person is, that there's no new information there. They're actually existing within the projections that they have of one another, not even who each other is. And it's just done. There's no more conversation to have when you've done that. You know, and I can't even tell you, like, I've been facilitating couples and doing couples work for probably like 18 years now. And almost every time a couple comes to me, I'm like, okay, so I want to introduce you to each other because you Mm -hmm. don't know who the fuck each other is. Mm -hmm. What you know is what you projected all over them for the last 10 years. Because if you're coming into an office like this, what I know is if you've just projected the crap on each other, you have no idea that essence piece that you saw in the very beginning, you just smashed it and have decided who each other is. And mm-hmm. it's like, in, like that's really jarring sometimes, right, when I do that. Because it's like, what do you mean? I know who that person is. And it's like, if you think you know who your partner is, you need to pot and pock that shit. Because you don't. And, oh, by the way, it's super fun to not know. Like, it's like, I love it. I have a new girlfriend all the time. It's so cool. That's part of how we stay in the honeymoon phase because I'm like, oh, because you're so, you're, we're changing so much and there's new energies coming into our relationship all the time and we're risking. That's the other thing, you guys. It's like you have to do new things. You have to risk. You have to step out of your comfort zone with each other. And most relationships experts will say, well, start having a date night. Well, if you haven't had a date night in five years, that's probably a good idea. But like that then can become its own routine. It's really about like pushing the envelope and risking and risking for your dreams and doing that together. And all the new energy that that brings, all the new possibilities that that opens up is like a billion stars in the night sky. Like it's amazing. And it's like, it's so cool to kind of look across and go, wow, who is this being in front of me right now? Guys, we're infinite beings. If you think you know somebody, you've missed the point. You've taken one little polka dot and defined them by that polka dot. Oh, I got on my soapbox a little bit. Would you like to share? No, it's awesome. <laughs> but I'm, I'm I'm actually like um, responding to some chat room questions, which I think are really good, and I want to kind of bring them in. Um, because cool. Lori was saying... Um, you know, what if your partner wants to stay the same? You know, how do you create aliveness in your relationship or passion in your relationship that has nothing to do with him? And what I asked her is, is it true that he wants to stay the same? Or is that a conclusion? Yes. Yes. That was my first hit, too. Yeah. Like, he's with her. Yes. On some level, he doesn't want things to stay the same. Yeah. If he if right. if he did want to stay the same, he would not be with Lori. 
Um, and, and that's the thing that I want to tell a lot of our listeners have partners, um, who maybe not on the conscious track or not as fast moving supposedly on the conscious track as they are. And, um, and it's an interesting thing because, um, there's this, there's all kinds of projections and conclusions and computations and judgments and decisions about, you know, their partner and where they're at and that they're not conscious and that, you know, I don't know if I can stay with them if they're not going to get on the conscious track and all this stuff. And it's so, to me, it's just so much limitation. Um, and that that's not a question. It's, it's just like uh, most of the time those those partners are there as like they're going to keep the home fires burning so that the they're so that you guys the conscious quote conscious ones um can go out and be the conscious warriors but it doesn't mean that they're that they aren't conscious and it doesn't mean that it has to look the same right so all of your judgments and definitions and computa- computations and conclusions about your partner and where they're at with consciousness and what they're willing to do and what they're not willing to do, um, can we uncreate and destroy all that? Yes. Right and wrong, good and bad, upon and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. Mm-hmm. And and also, like, uh, that goes to any kind of conclusion or judgment with regards to our partners. Like, in my opinion, judgment is the thing that keeps the excitement and passion and um, infatuation and newness out of your relationship. Judgment is one of the biggest things that that create that wedge, that creates that um, withdrawal, that creates that place where we're actually unwilling to see anything new. So anytime I'm in criticism or judgment of Megan, I can't see how she's showing up differently. I'm in a a whole track. I'm in a particular filter. And there's no way that I can see anything new. So everywhere that you are committed to judgment and computation and conclusion around your relationship, instead of in creation and instead of in question, can we uncreate and destroy all that? Yes. Right and wrong, good and bad, upon and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyond. One of the things that I have seen so much, and I know I've done it as well, is that when we're growing up, when we're little kids, oftentimes who we were was quite inconvenient for our parents. Um, (laughs) The capacities that we had, the energy we had, the abilities that we had, the creativity, the energy we had was oftentimes inconvenient. And so the parent put control methods on us to try to get safe with us, essentially, um, or to be able to sort of manage us. And so we have this experience where relationship or love equals I can't be me. And then we actually leave home, but we don't really leave home. We simply now project that love equals I can't be me. And we project all the reasons why we can't be us on our partners. And gosh, you know what? If your partner was projecting that on you, how would you feel? Mm-hmm. If your partner was saying, hey, I can't be me because of you, how would that actually make you feel? And whether you're telling your partner you're doing that or not, they know it. 
They feel it. So when you have a projection called, he doesn't want to grow. He's not conscious. You know, um, she's just controlling. When you have that kind of judgment and then you make it as your excuse of why you can't be you and you can't have the life you want, you're just sort of pushed your childhood on replay. Mm-hmm. And really the only person that can choose to be you is you. So like everywhere that you've used your partner as a scapegoat to actually not do the scary work of you actually just being all of you, can you uncreate and destroy that place? Yes. <laughs> right, wrong, good, bad, pot of pock, all nine boys, shorts, and beyonds. Whew, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whew. Well, I think we should um, let them process that a little bit and maybe run it again once we get back from break. All right. See you soon. Most people live in the land of either or. It's a scary and meager place where one can have either a happy relationship or a successful career, where we can have either lots of time and no money or lots of money and no time to spend it. On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer bring you inspiration, awesome tools for transformation, and full permission to claim your most ridiculous life. Together, they are the embodiment of opposites attract, and the result is true synergistic power. Finding yourself roadside in either or, Megan and Suzanne are here to reintroduce you to one very powerful three-letter word. And. Simple? Yes. Effective? Absolutely. Welcome to the land of and. Listen to Love, Life, and All Things Weird every Wednesday at 12 p.m. noon Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific on A2Zen.fm. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The bars is the first class in access consciousness, a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? This is Love, Life, and All Things Weird with hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer. Are you scratching your head a bit? Let's chat. Call into the program today and let's find some answers. If you're in the U.S., call 815-880-8255. In Canada, call 613-800-8736 or Skype us at a2zen.fm. You can also send questions or comments by sendering an email to Suzanne P. Stoffer at gmail.com. 
Now, back to the program. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Love Life, All Things Weird on A to Zen FM. Your hosts, Megan and Suzanne, and we are talking about a torrid love affair. Are mm-hmm. we talking about that? We are, <laughs> and... and- I want to like actually just recap some tools because in all of this kind of wandering around this issue, maybe um, some people have not actually heard some of the tools that we've been giving. So um, the first step is being willing to have a toward love affair in every part of your relationship for all time, like that it's not just the infatuation stage and then you're done that there is a possibility and a probability if you have intentions around that, that you can create that. So first it's about um, opening up to the possibility of it and not buying into the collective consciousness of what, you know, long-term relationships can be. I think the second thing is, is really um, uncreating and destroying, like clearing all of your decisions, judgments, conclusions, and computations, and projections, expectations, separations, and rejections of, of who you are, of who you are in relationship, of who your partner is, of um, and how you guys show up together. So, And that is an ongoing thing. Like Megan and I uncreate and destroy our relationship all the time. And I personally know that when I come up against a computation or a conclusion about her that and about myself with a relationship, that I'm doing a ton of clearing. Um, another tool that we use is what's new about you. So it's really fun to ask that question of each other. What's new about you that I don't know about? What would you like to share today that's that's new about you? Because we're ever-changing infinite beings in an infinite universe. And if your foundation and baseline is about creation and change, then you can literally be a different person within five days. And so um, being open to that possibility with your partner of who are you? Who are you today? Um, it brings so much excitement and aliveness into the relationship. So those are some of the tools that we've been talking about. And I think a tool that I mentioned that I want to go a little bit deeper into is that you need to be risking individually to know more of you. Because the truth is, is we know like a speck of us, that polka dot, that's all we really know of our, our true selves as well. And so it's like, why wouldn't you? Like there's this whole universe. Like I realized a long time ago when I very first started teaching about genius, I was like, oh, cool. Here's my genius. Dum, 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 dum. You know, and then it's like as I as I expressed those and I kept committing to my genius, I just realized that that was an infinite game. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'll be discovering genius and different capacities and different potencies for eons because we're infinite, right? So the number one thing is you got to risk for you. And for me, the best way I like to do that is cook up some big dream that looks fancy and, like, jump into it because I know that's going to stretch the crap out of me. <laughs> I have mm-hmm. to become something else and discover who I am. If you're doing that for yourself, and you don't need your partner to do that, by the way. Now, if you're mm-hmm. blaming your partner because you're not doing that, that's like no bueno. 
because that's bullshit, right? You get mm-hmm. to be accountable for that. I say that part two is risking together, like mm-hmm. doing something together, creating a dream together. So like last year when I had the, I was going to be my 50th birthday and we were supposed to go on a cruise, I was like, screw that. I want to become an access facilitator, which meant us traveling all over the world and <laughs> spending thousands of tens of thousands of hundreds of dollars. And um, <laughs> And Suzanne voted in on that with me. And we didn't know how we were going to create it. Like, we didn't know. It's not like we had an extra 80 grand in our bank account. We just went, yes, we know, and we risked together, and we were on the edge together. And it's kind of like that scene on the Titanic, right, when they're on the edge of the boat together. it Like, I believe that that is really what keeps us expanding together and growing together. I mean, there are days, literally, that I come home and something has happened, something has expanded, and I and we look at each other and we know the look, and it's like, okay, we need to go to dinner because I, you're a different person. You just became a different person today. Let's explore mm-hmm. that. Let's see who you are today. And we've made the baseline of our relationship about risk and change and creativity. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I have totally transformed who I am about 10 times since in the six years we've been together. And Megan has done the same. And so we literally look at each other through totally new eyes. It really is like being with somebody new. It's awesome. <laughs> we we don't have to break up and go find somebody else. Because <laughs> well, we keep finding somebody else. Yes. It's fantastic. <laughs> So when you make the baseline of your own life growth, like no matter what, instead of a definition, like, okay, I'm this, this, and this, and this is what I do, and this is what I don't do, that, like, pot and pock that, like, who am I today? Like, I love that question from Access. Who am I today, and what grand and glorious adventure will I have? Like, the who am I today is beautiful because it's like it, it, it presupposes that you actually really don't know who you are and it opens a possibility of what new aspect of you you can discover. And what I would say is if you don't have a partner that you're having these kinds of conversations with, start having them with yourself. Start Mm -hmm. expanding yourself. And then kind of like what we talked about earlier, like what I did with Suzanne, and she wasn't really open to this initially. (laughs) she really wasn't I just asked for a possibility of something new I wanted to know if she would give it a possibility and I took the two percent and I wedged and I ran with it right and there I think some of these sort of questions like would you give this a possibility what new thing could I learn about you today would be a way to engage a partner that maybe isn't engaged in this conversation in a different way Mm mm-hmm Yes, and for me it was just about fear. I was I was afraid of the intimacy and connection. I'd always wanted it, but I was super afraid of it. So I was going to stay in my rightness of how it wasn't possible instead of risk and put my whole heart in and put my whole trust in into me and in my willingness to create it but also into our relationship. So, um for I think what I'm the reason why I bring that up is your partners may be afraid. They might not be just unwilling or in conclusion they might just be afraid. Mhm. Yeah. So keep asking. Keep playing. Keep being more shiny. 
You know, they'll get curious. And and here's the thing is if you're we, next week's show, we're actually going to the name of the show is should I stay or should I go? Like there is a time and a place where what you're creating in relationship is not greater. And mm-hmm. and that understanding and knowing that relationship is just a choice that it's actually not significant. Relationship should be fun. It should be it should add to your life. And if it's not, then make different choices. But there's a lot this show is really about what can you do to create more life, aliveness, passion, creativity within you and therefore in your relationship. And next week we're going to talk about the other choice point, which is like should I stay and build or should I go? You know, and I think that's also we're not saying you have to stay with somebody who is like, you know, you're not creating greater with them. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, next week is going to be super powerful because we're giving you five questions to answer, to consider, to talk about with yourself and with your person of really is the relationship um doable is it really workable um because i'm so glad i didn't stay in my marriages i'm so glad that i was willing to leave so it's not always about staying and so how do you know how do you know whether to stay or to go and i think that's a really important topic and one that we're going to be really exploring next week so if you're in that place of the in between of like you just don't know whether it's going to be worth it or whether it's going to be whether it's really is going to create greater for you then join us <laughs> yes and in the meantime how much fun can you have discovering you how much fun can you have completely undefining yourself and seeing actually what else is possible for you in your own life and what if you made growth your priority what if you had no regard for limitation and growth and possibility was your priority and you just kept poking into that possibility and priority? In my, in, What I believe is that when we make that level of commitment, that that's when life gets really exciting. Relationships, everything change when we make that, when we make our possibilities our priority. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well said, darling. Thank you, sweetie. So join us next week to continue the conversation. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Love, Life, and All Things Weird. Megan and Suzanne will be back next Wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific on AtoZen.fm. Be sure to tune in for more tips on how to live in the land of and and claim your marvelous, magical life.